Befriend Your Body podcast, Love and Anxiety, Stranger Danger. Well, hi, Gio. Hi, Wanda. How are you today? I'm great, and you? Oh, good. So today we're going to talk a little bit about strangers and stranger danger. Uh, is there danger from strangers? I had a, a little uh, play acted out in front of me the other day when I was biking along the boardwalk here in Coronado along the ocean. And I saw this this nice little um, family walking together when I was on my way home. And the family was walking along the boardwalk towards the beach and the sun was shining and, and the waves were coming in and it was just so beautiful. And I was so enjoying just slowly biking through. And I saw a mom and a dad and an older son kind of all clumped together, but straggling a little bit behind were two younger sons. They were kind of separate from the mom and the older, older boy. Uh, one of them appeared to be about seven, I guess, um, and the other one was probably four or five, really, really little. And the little, the five-year-old, had s- sort of frozen on the sidewalk and just wasn't budging. And the older brother was apparently trying to convince him to move and follow the family. As I got a little closer, and I slowed down because I found this quite interesting. I was curious what was going on. I, I saw the, the seven-year-old whispering to the little one, and as I went by, I heard uh, the seven-year-old say, Willie, come on, hurry, there's a stranger coming. And he looked really scared and intense, and the little, the little boy kind of looked behind him. And so I looked behind, and sure enough, there was a, a big man coming up on the sidewalk behind them. Uh, I finally passed them by, so I don't know if the little boy moved or they're all still standing there. But it made me think about relationships, anxiety, attachment, and safety. And also it made me think about strangers, uh, because everyone we've met, people that we know and love, at one point were a total stranger to us. So how do we meet people and have them become friends or family members eventually or support networks um, when they start as a stranger? So I was just curious uh, about your um, thoughts or experiences. How do you relate to people who are strangers to you? That is very interesting because I never thought of this, but we are taught as kids not to speak to strangers, not to communicate or be so open with people we don't know. But I love n- meeting new people and getting mm. to know them and talking to strangers on airplanes or buses, wherever I am. I usually make friends. But I think for me it's a little different uh, the circumstance in which we meet these people. If we can be like a strange man coming in a dark street, I would never (laughs) get a acquaintance and, hi, what's your name? Let's meet and be friends. But uh, it's it's funny because since kids we hear that all the time, don't speak with strangers. But Mm -hmm. I think that's how we meet people, right? Yeah, that's a really good point and sort of part of our... uh, podcast today is, you know, how do you decide when someone who originally is a stranger becomes, you know, a friend or something? And how Mm -hmm. does that change? And how do you determine when someone is a stranger that perhaps is dangerous and should stay a stranger? So going back to our idea of love and anxiety and how they interrelate, one of the reasons that love can sometimes conquer anxiety is that we are hardwired, see quotes, Um, even though you can't see me, Um, we are hardwired as humans to attach to other people and to live in community. We are mammals, and mammals are social and pack animals. Uh, Although we 
certainly have that big neocortex and we have more capacity than animals, we do have similar needs for connection, safety, belonging, and support. A beloved other, someone from our family or pack, can bring peace and calm to a bad situation. Especially when our needs are being met by these people, we often feel very safe and they help us feel calm and relaxed. However, if a stranger approaches, our anxiety can skyrocket. So what is happening in our brains and why is there a difference? So once again, it helps to understand the three main brain areas. We talked a little bit about them in a few of the prior podcasts. So thinking about the the top one, the neocortex, or also part of that is the cerebral cortex. Um, That is where our recognition and identity of another person resides. More often, memory um, and identity tend to be sort of held more in that part of the brain, as well as the limbic system, which is the middle or the mammalian brain. Uh, That's where our sense of um, connection and relationships come. So... Uh, remembering the avoid uh, danger signal as well as um, when we're not in danger, then we want to attach, mm-hmm. uh, approach rewards and attach to others. So if we're doing well and feeling safe approaching and attaching, the appearance of a stranger can elicit healthy interest or even curiosity. We can, like you said, you're on a train, you're on a bus, you're in a safe environment, and you actually want to meet them because, frankly, most people are great. I like most people. True. I mean, there's some people who aren't so nice, but most people are great. We just have to get to know them. However, remembering the idea of the avoid danger signal, if we are in anxious avoid or danger signal mode in that part of the brain, this probably won't be the case. We will be more in the threat anxiety mode. Therefore, we will be looking at a stranger through that kind of a filter. So we are less likely, as you said, in a dark alley at night, we are less likely to be curious and open to approach and connect with someone we don't know yet. Any questions so far? No, it makes sense. It makes sense. Wanda, thank you. Okay. So Let's talk a little bit more about the primitive brain or the brainstem, reptilian brain. All those are words for that part of the brain. Um, So here, things appear very different to our nervous systems and bodies. Uh, In that part of the brain, when we're meeting someone, it's almost like being blindfolded. That deep in our brainstem, we're not aware of the actual identity of that person approaching us. We just have a sense of do I like them? Do I feel safe? It's the cerebral cortex and the, the you know the mid-range region, brain regions that we have more of a sense of identity. So we know, oh, there comes Aunt Sally or that neighbor we enjoy or even the hot new coworker from the office next door. But in our primitive reptilian or, or brainstem, that part of our brain really just sorts people in several categories. I'm just going to name a few of the main ones. Does this person feel safe to me? Is this person dangerous? Do I know them? Do I love them? Do I hate them? Do I want to fight them? Do I want to have sex with them? Those are some of the main categories that our primitive brain sorts people into. Um, Here's an example of how this may play out in your daily life. Um, Say you're three or four years old and your mom or dad had to have emergency surgery and you got shipped off to Aunt Sally and you were Uh, didn't understand, you were really little, and all you knew is that you lost connection with your primary caretakers for, you know, five or six days. So no matter how great, 
hopefully she was great, but no matter how great Aunt Sally was to you, because you were missing your caretakers and they represent safety to small children, you were probably in somewhat of a sense of threat or fear and anxiety. And what happens is they've actually done a lot of these studies. That's why they know this. Um, when you get older uh, and say say you don't see Aunt Sally for a long time and then you see her again, even if you love her and even if she feels safe, there could be also a sense of anxiety hardwired into your connection with Aunt Sally because to your primitive brainstem, her association is with a time that was really dangerous and scary. So there's a lot more going on behind the curtain. Very Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Yes, than we're aware of. And so in the primitive brain, um, there's not some of the delineations that we have with our, our more um, uh, cognitive and uh, thinking parts of the brain, if you will. So when we're feeling safe, attaching to a new person is kind of be, can be natural, especially if you're an extrovert, um, even if the person's a stranger. As I said earlier, every dear friend we have at one point was a stranger to us. And when we're in the safety mode, the approaching and connecting mode, uh, we are open and curious about this new person. As we engage in with this person, all parts of our brain are deciding how we feel about this person. If we feel safe and enjoy the interaction, we will probably leave with positive feelings towards them and a desire to see them again. However, if we are in the anxiety slash avoid danger mode, um, or, as you said, as a child, we've been programmed to fear the stranger. Um, we may approach a new person already with anxiety, skepticism, and suspicion. Our ability to see them clearly as they are, their personality, their sense of uh, morality, safety, uh, integrity, etc., will be clouded by that avoid system in, from our primitive brain regions. So why does this matter to you? Well, if you think about it, if you join a new company or move to a new neighborhood, find a new love, uh, you join a new club, a meetup group, uh, pick a new activity, uh, a new hobby, um, all of these options will include meeting and hopefully growing some kind of attachment to a new human being, i.e. a stranger. Initially, all are strangers, but hopefully they become part of your everyday life. So remember this information if you have to get to know some new people with whom you will be spending some time together. Try to be sure you go into the meeting with a sense of relaxation and feeling safe and good in your body. Let the safety slash attaching mode, as we talked about in a prior podcast, be strong in your brain and hopefully have the avoid danger signal in your brainstem uh, turned off so you're not registering danger. That way you have a better chance of getting to know these new people and help them, help you make a better first impression. After all, if we come across as aloof, angry, frightened, or suspicious uh, of someone, they're probably going to be less likely to connect with mm -hmm. us or feel like we're an enjoyable human being. And so sometimes we're actually going into a new relationship sort of handicapping ourselves because people are picking up that we're maybe not as interested or, or, or curious about them because of our internal feelings of sensations of lack of safety. So that's a little bit about stranger danger, about how love and anxiety can, you know, war uh, in the different brain regions. And uh, any any more questions, anything I didn't cover well? No, I loved it. And it made me think a lot because I do, I do believe we should 
be open to meet people all the time and we never know something we're looking for might be right next to us if we don't open for that we will never know mm -hmm. so I love that and I will keep my brain relaxed and talking to myself that I'm safe and that I should be connecting to people right That's right. That's, yeah, and, and meeting new people can be a wonderful experience. Uh, you know, again, extroverts are maybe more interested in meeting lots of new people than introverts. Um, extroverts tend to have lots and lots of friends and connections. But um, our, our brains, parts of our brains and minds really like novelty, like newness. Mm -hmm. So meeting new people can absolutely be a wonderful, um, uh, expanding, uh, healthy, good experience. So Thank you. All right. So listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. As always, uh, if you have a subject you'd like to hear about, please contact me on wandabrothers.com on the Connect page, and I will be happy to do a podcast just for you. Have a great day and enjoy meeting some new people.